I'm recording. Go ahead. You're fine. You got time. I got the long intro to do. Okay, I just need to grab some tissues. <laughs> All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always, with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. He is on a mission to go get some tissues real quick. And uh, we are PS. This is awesome. A PlayStation podcast. This is episode three hundred and seventeen. My God, the number just keeps getting bigger every week. That's how math works. And uh, this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. Before we get on the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, YouTube.com/PS. This is awesome. And if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at Anchorless underscore eighty one and Mr. Jake Peters at Jake Saw zero one. As always, you can write us at P.S. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with all your friends. Make sure you leave comments and rate us as you see fit. As a reminder, we're a video podcast as well. So you can watch the show if you want at the YouTube channel. And if you're new or if you've been around for a while, uh, we do have a Patreon. So you can support the show at a $1 level. And the Patreon tier is called the One and Only $1 Club. So head over to www.patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. You can become a $1 patron and get a free die cut vinyl sticker sent to you in the mail. If you give us your mailing address when you sign up and uh, a shout out on the show. So uh, with all of that out of the way, Mr. Peters, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm going to do my best. I am so incredibly stuffed up and I don't know if it's the weather I'm assuming because I feel fine otherwise. So I'm assuming that it's like the up and down of the temperature. I I have to imagine it has more to do with like changes in barometric pressure or something like that. I have a hard time believing that the temperature is the problem, but yeah, could be. I don't know. It was like it was like almost 60 degrees earlier in the week. And then yesterday it was like a high of 25. And then like today it's supposed to be in the mid 40s again. And it's just fucking killing me. So um, I apologize if I sound nasally, if I'm breathing real hard. It's because I can't breathe through my nose. And especially apologize to the people watching this on YouTube because you might have to see me blow my nose occasionally. And you're probably going to fucking hear it, which is I'm not going to edit it out. I'll mute it. I'll mute it. <laughs> I'll try to mute it if I blow <laughs> well, some... if I blow my nose on the show. But yeah, yeah. I uh, before right before we jumped on, I just like pounded some super spicy salsa mm, that and sounds amazing. Uh, it does help clear my sinuses out but it goes away super fast it's right. like it works it works instantly which is awesome but as soon as like the spiciness wears off it just goes away you need so, like i almost need to just yeah or something like like i was just thinking like man i wish i had like a jar of jalapenos and like every 10 minutes i could just eat one oh jesus because <laughs> it would almost actually like a really do the good trick. idea to get rid of like stuffy noses like dude if i had a fucking container of wasabi i would yeah. just fucking like you know i don't know like a quarter of a teaspoon just right on the tongue and just It'd fuck you up I, well my my concern with doing this eating all the spiciness though is like it's it's got to fuck up your stomach mm. like i have to imagine that my stomach if i just ate spicy shit all day i right. would just feel fucking horrible true so yeah i mean and i i like spicy food but i never sit there and just eat it all day long so uh yeah anyway i mean that's 
kind of how I'm doing. We played that show yesterday. It was pretty cool. I'm playing, uh, it was packed, man. Dude, we was, sounded uh, so good. good. He runs such yeah. good fucking sound. I wish I could get a, a, like a snapshot into what it sounds like out front because I couldn't hardly hear myself at all. Oh, and, geez. And Nate, Nate was saying that, you know, he was playing a little bit blind too in some spots mm, you guys just so, gotta speak up tell him he'll get it hooked up i know but it's just the thing is is that like he was having trouble with his his fucking the light rig main and shit oh, the and then, like kinda messed up too, we yeah. didn't actually do a sound check until you know seven minutes before we were supposed to start yeah and so dude we just, sounded good. i wasn't gonna, sure of it yeah yeah i'm sure it sounded great out front but uh yeah it's uh it's like it's awesome having a sound guy, but it imposes like its own level of stress in that capacity because it's like, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get, th- honestly, if we could just like, just kind of bite the bullet and get in ears for everyone, I think it would make a huge difference because then we could, could we could just kind of like, especially if he does our sound. Cause I imagine that we could probably ask him to save a preset for us for our monitors yeah and then we could just I, maybe have him load that every time well yeah and i mean even for us like i have the exact same uh pa thing that he has so i have the 16 he has like the 20 something so he just has more channels and some but like all everything else is exactly the same so i mean he could literally borrow my fucking ipad and just like once he gets a monitor mix for us, just replicate it on one of the shows on my, you know, and then we'll be fucking set. But like, dude, I talked, yeah. this is like not a PlayStation podcast right now, but I talked with him. We were talking about our friend Shaner who does sound in the area. He's clear. He, he's a top down best in the area for sure. I've worked with other sound guys. Shaner's like, he's just on top. Um, we've actually booked him once to do sound for us. Um, but so I talked with him. And he said, I thought, well, he was a little drunk when I talked with him. And he was like, dude, any of my gear you want to use, just just let me know. You know, just if you ever need to borrow anything, bah, you know, just go for it. And and I'm like, I don't I don't know if that was an actual invitation. So I talked with him at the show <laughs> on Saturday. And I said, yo, man, that Ironworks show, I said, you know, I, if we don't have in-ears, we need to, I'm going to, might I might reach out for a couple, you know, monitors and then maybe a sub and he goes dude he goes honestly he goes i trust it with with you it's not a problem he goes just you know i'll show you how to hook it up you come over i'll I'll explain how to hook it all up and uh you've got the same sound thing so i can just show you on mine and you'll be set and i'm like dude that's fucking rad and now i'm thinking like if we do that i'd like to find out what stage we're going to be on because um if we do that then it's going to be, you know, we are probably going to want to mic some some drums, um, you know, honestly. So I don't know. Anyways, we've talked about it, but like I do like the idea of practicing with it. But he's so busy as a sound guy, I don't know what will be what will be available when, and then working all our schedules around so that we can play with the extra gear might be tough before you know that May show. But we have two months, so. I'm just these yeah. listeners. These are the things you got to fucking plan for when you book shows. But if we're on that big stage, dude, if we could find a way to get both of his fucking subs, that'd be awesome. They're just 18s. They, they would fit. I just I don't know. You know, 
If we, yeah, I, I think it's possible to fucking make it happen. And th- and then it's like if we're going that all out, then I might fucking get on Sweetwater and get some easy like ground lighting to like shoot upwards or something. Just a couple light cans for us, <laughs> and then we'll just fucking have them. I don't know. What is that? What is that um, protocol that they use for lighting? I don't even know. Oh, that the it's, the way they plug in now. Well, it's like it it allows them to basically do all the light syncing and all that shit. Yeah. Um. There's like a controller for it and everything. Yeah. God, I can't. I wish I could remember. They make them so there's. Yeah. They make them with that they can run on like an iPhone now, like some of those lights, the cheaper ones. And. Uh, yeah, dude, it would be cool to have like a whole fucking rig, but you would need well because you would always sound good. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, that's how you get better gigs. Is like if you're using like house shit, and you don't have anyone to properly run it, dude. You gotta just fucking buckle down and get it. I almost like, and I promise we'll get into the fucking podcast. But I, I almost wonder if we just buckle down and may just like, you know, got the sound, got the fucking lighting. I don't know, smoke machine, whatever. Smoke machine. And then we just like, we just like coordinated just a fucking awesome live experience. Yeah. With like all the bells and whistles. Yeah. And you could like somehow get like a professional sort of promo video of that kind of shot. Yeah. You could almost sell that as a package more than. More than j- just the music, right? Oh, hundred like, percent. Hey, it's not like, this just is what a, we're bringing every time, right? Yeah, and so I don't know. It, it would be kind of interesting, but the thing is, is that to do that, it, it's a big investment. Music shit's not cheap. Yeah, I mean, it's get it, it is a lot cheaper than it used to be, but it's still like if you want to sound good, dude. One one eighteen one eighteen inch sub is like seven to eight hundred dollars. Like one, you know what I mean? So it's just like is that a powered sub? Yeah, but it's yeah. just like fuck, you know. And uh, we have we have a powered system now, so so we have to uh, we have to go that route if we're going to do it. And they interface nice with the 15s that I have. You know, they have like the low low pass shelf and stuff on them for subwoofers to connect one speaker straight down to a sub and the other one down to the sub, and it just fucking works. He's fucking DIN, and it just boom. We could have it. It's just a matter of like. It's a money thing, really. That's all it is. And it's kind of a transportation thing because, I mean, I have that trailer and it's all fixed up, but I got no one that can tow it. So, um, I, I mean, know. I could tow it. Dude, why don't but... we do that? Why don't, why don't you just take my trailer? I'm not taking your trailer, but if we wanted to, <laughs> if we wanted to load it up, I mean, and then go to the, take it to a show. Well, maybe we the Ironworks show, we could do that, do that with the speakers and stuff. You know what I mean? If we're going to have all that shit. I mean, especially if you decided that you wanted to throw in some, like, electric stuff yeah. throughout the set. Yeah. And you wanted to maybe bring, you know, another amp with you or like something. Like a Fender or something, I mean, like a Fender Twin to mic in. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's something for another day. Well, it's we fun to think cover. about because, like, it's... Yeah, it would, it would be kind of cool. We're just limiting sure. ourselves, really. But the show was awesome. So, yeah, I agree. That was fun. Um, that fucking pizza was amazing. They had wood wood fired pizza. I'm I'm on a diet, ah, uh, but I checked. I'm officially down 15 pounds. Oh, good for you, which is great. So I'm about six to ten pounds away from where I want to be for running in March. So I think I can get there, dude. I'm just uh, holding fast. Um, but yeah, that pizza, dude. I 
I wanted to, dude, we played the West Side Bowl in Youngstown, Ohio, which is another story. It was a Friday we went out, one of my land played. And uh, they have two stages. This is one of the coolest venues ever. And the listeners were like, Jesus Christ, guys, we don't quit jacking off to one another. But, like, so the thing is, is, like, this was, like, a really cool venue. Uh, it's a bowling alley. So I'm rolling in, and there's, like, nowhere to park. And I'm like, oh, fuck, man. You know, maybe we're going to have a big crowd. And then I find out, which is stupid, but I, whatever. It is what it is. There's another show at the exact same time as our show. They have a room downstairs that is more akin to, like, small DIY punk rock shit. Um, it smells kind of like a bathroom. But it's everything's mic'd up. They have a great sound system. That's where we played the first time we played there. There's a metal show going on down there. We're friends with, like, two of the bands. And, like, we're not on that stage. We're playing on the stage upstairs, which is, like, in the fucking bowling alley. So, like, they have, imagine, like, you know, a bowling alley with, like, 40 lanes. Big bowling alley, right? Imagine lane 30 to 40 had just been removed and a stage was put in. And they have, it's really wide. So, it's, like, a real big stage. And then there was, like, this really big area for, like, an audience but while we're fucking playing, you look to your right, and there's just all these motherfuckers bowling. And it was the weird... You couldn't hear them because we were so fucking loud. But um, but then there were people watching the band, too. So there's a show downstairs. There's all these people going out on a Friday night to bowl and listen to live music. And then there's people who came to see the bands. Upstairs and downstairs. And there's fucking pizza. There's an arcade. And there's uh, there's a record store in this place it's fucking awesome yeah troy was telling us about it yesterday it seems pretty rad dude i'm gonna try to get the flood there it would be so fun you guys would love it but so they had really their pizza is like you know so here's the thing about pizza right here's the thing it's all good but but you gotta like be okay you got to concede a little bit sometimes on a pizza. Like, it's not the best, but, like, every pizza tastes a little fucking different. And it's a mystery to me how, you know, some foods like fucking uh, ravioli always taste like ravioli. Or spaghetti pretty much always tastes like spaghetti. Pizza, always different, no matter where you get it. Like, like if you go to Vocelli's, it's all Vocelli's pizza. You go to Pizza Hut, it's all fucking Pizza Hut pizza. If you go to Domino's, it's all Domino's. You start getting into these mom and pop places like Mabel's and Clearfield. I've never tasted a pizza like that. And then Westside Bowl pizza, very obvious. It's it came from them. So all these specific fucking tastes. Have you ever thought about that? Like how ev- I think it's the I think it's probably mostly the sauce and. Maybe a little bit of how the crust. the crust is seasoned, right? And so, the firmness of the crust. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there, I think there is definitely a tactile component to it with, like, how thick is the crust, how much cheese is on it, all that kind of shit. But I think if you're talking about, like, for example, Sarah and I are fucking lazy when it comes to dinner. So mm. usually we make dinner four to five days a week. And then usually Friday or Saturday, we'll just get like a frozen pizza from the store. Right? Yeah, because uh, this you're gonna open a whole right? fucking conversation here. So you can buy probably three to four different brands 
at Walmart. Actually, probably buy more than that. Oh yeah, way more of of frozen cheese pizza mm. that's like the you know deep dish style. Oh deep, okay. not just not okay, all the so different, not all the different thin crusts, like right. all all like deep dish style mm-hmm. cheese pizzas, mm-hmm. and. In my opinion, every single one of them tastes completely different. Yeah, they do. And mostly, mostly, it seems like <laughs> it's the sauce that tastes different between them. But there is definitely a texture component to when you're going from one to the next as far as like – because I'm trying to compare apples to apples here, not like, right. you know – grandma's old fucking recipe at the west side right, bowl right. from you know 1906 right and like pizza hut like those are two but different there's three eras of main pizza. components cheese sauce and crust and that's I've, true i've never had i've never eaten a pizza at a mom and pop place that tasted like anything else i've ever had pizza wise it always tastes like that place specifically and i don't know why this mystery is a thing but it's real. Like, it's really – like, I've never – I can't even explain it. Um, even, like, the local pizza villa. Like, we used to have a Pizza Joe's, Fox's Pizza. All these fucking places have a very specific pizza taste. Do you think it's – it's okay, so I'm going to say there's also probably a ratio, too. Oh, Because I think that that yeah. – like the ratio of cheese to crust to sauce is a big <laughs> – to me, because I'm not a big, like, heavy cheese guy – Right. I would rather have more sauce than cheese. My wife is the oh, opposite. Yeah, Sarah would you. rather have more cheese than sauce. And so, like, dude, my wife is a fucking lunatic. She actually will pull the cheese up, scrape the sauce off, is, and yeah, put the fucking, fucking cheese ridiculous. back down. She just wants, like, I always tease her about it because she just wants, like, a light sauce flavor. She doesn't want the texture of the sauce, which is a whole nother can of worms. So she probably but hates pizza anyway. pizza things. They have a lot of sauce. Yeah, so I don't know. Let's stop. Let's fucking talk about video. Making me fucking <laughs> hungry. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Needless to say, man, I I had pizza for the first time in a month this weekend. I had it twice, but like, and then we'll get to games. The Westside Bowl stores these big fucking pizzas. I don't even know how the square cut, which which all the kind of cut also I think influences the taste. To be honest, somehow. Well, yeah, because if you get one of those, if you get one of those middle pieces on a square cut pizza, I mean, it's literally just all cheese, man. Cheese and grease. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, which I like in in its own way. You know, I like yeah, to right. fold that bitch in half and just shove it in my mouth. There's like, no there's fucking a lot bad of... slice of pizza. Like, <laughs> even that's where I was going. Like, even a shitty kind of tasting pizza is still interesting enough to eat because you, it's an experience in and of itself. Like, I'm okay with it. Um, I never, the only time, the only time I can, I can say that there are pizzas that I don't agree with. It's like whenever people start getting too fucking cheeky with pizza, when they're like making them with like non-standard sauces or like putting a shitload of like fucking feta cheese and blue cheese and shit like that on there. I'm like, okay, I can maybe understand that like a, you know, uh, like a weird side kind of pizza, but that better not be your standard fucking pizza. Right, right. I'm all, yeah, you can color outside the lines from time to time, but like people using like a fucking barbecue sauce on a pizza, I'm not saying it tastes bad. It's just kind of sacrilegious. Yeah. I mean, it, it can still be good tasting. Do, do you remember in Meadville before it was Menino's? Pizza from Mars? Are you talking about that place? No, um... 
What's the what's the Italian place downtown right beside like the town tavern? It's not the town tavern anymore, but like on Chestnut Street there. Yeah, that's Menino's. Beside, it's Menino's. Mm-hmm. But remember, it used to be an Italian place before that that's, that also had pizza and shit. We used to go that. there like after the bar and stuff. They used to serve a taco pizza there that was fucking amazing. Really? And you could buy it by the slice. And it was literally just like piled with fucking lettuce and shit like that. But like. It was called like something like. Uh... I don't know. Was it wasn't an Italian name. Yeah, like it was Antonio or yeah, it was it was something. I don't know, dude. We used anyway. to have an Aldo's at the downtown mall or the the uptown mall in Meadville. Did you ever eat a, oh, Aldi's? Sorry, all, no Aldo's. Aldo's pizza. It was Aldo's pizza. Dude was in there when, before they tore the mall down. Yeah, well, he left. He up. went. He went to like the Mercer area, but he was mm-hmm. this dude. Maybe he went to Sharon, but there was this dude. Just like fucking clockwork. If you'd go to the gold mine when the arcade was up at the at the mall, his fucking pizza, you get in that that wing of the mall, it's all you could smell, and it was fantastic. It was a hundred percent Italian pizza. You could okay. smell like the fucking oregano and shit. I do vaguely recall that because I used to go in there to go to like Foot Locker and shit. Yeah, it was like this scrawny Italian guy named Aldo, and like he just fucking was hand spinning pizzas all fucking day. And just people were in there like, and he left because that mall kind of went to shit, but he went to like the Sharon area and I guess he has a place. So dude, I got to go, I got to go get some Aldo's pizza. As soon as I uh, get to my, my goal here, I'm going to go get some fucking Aldo's. Anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk. Let's move on with the show. Oh, I haven't been taking any notes. Hold on. We only did a couple things so far. We are a PlayStation podcast, by the way. Um, That was just a nice little ice breaker. I like to call the intro. Um, we're going to talk about games that we're playing next, and uh, if I'm being completely transparent, Jake, it's been so fucking busy over here, I've not played anything, but that's not for lack of trying. There were a couple nights, and I'm, I've been infected by the same issue that you had had last show, and I know that, I know that you, uh, I'm guessing this, I'm guessing now that you've probably been able to get into Helldivers. But earlier this week was the only time I could really do any gaming, and I tried to get in. And uh, I a uh, couple couple days after work, um, I'd power it on, and it did this thing where like it would like, be like servers are at capacity, and then it'd do like a countdown, and then it'd be like trying again, and then it'd be servers are capacity, do a countdown, and then try. And then when I finally got in, I couldn't get anyone to join my squad. Like, no one was coming in, so I was like, I don't think I'm really actually connected to any server. I think it just kind of, like, booted into the ship or whatever, but um, I have not played anything. Now, had I been able to get in at those moments, I would have had more Helldivers time in. I'm level 14 right now, mm. so I have I have some time in. What about what about you? What's going on? What are you playing? Um, So, I beat uh, South Park. Again, Sarah and I got through that, and uh, she actually really enjoyed watching me play it. So I downloaded the Fractured But Whole, um, mm-hmm. and we might kind of run because they're 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 easy. They're not like super hard. You can kind of mainline them in like ten hours, so it's not like it's really a big deal. Right. But uh, she really enjoyed it, so I downloaded the other one, but we haven't started it yet. I'm on like the final battle in Immortals of Avium, so I'm really close to the end of that game. I'm trying to get it basically polished off before Final Fantasy comes out this week. And uh, 
As far as Helldivers goes, I was able to get in one time, and it was at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was able to get in. Jesus. And so I replayed the fucking tutorial because I couldn't remember what I was doing. And then I jumped into a match and it was literally impossible. So I just quit. I wonder what level it was. It well, here's the thing. I, um, when you finish the tutorial, the only objective that the game gives you is like something about fighting back the automatons. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So oh, don't I, do that. No, that's, that's so, the world. That's the world mission. Um, so you don't I have to do okay. that. So I jumped in yeah, to like the first automaton you. ones or whatever, and I was like, the, and and I and it was on the easiest difficulty. Yeah, they're they're. Impl- I've never won a mission. Raped. Yeah, and they were like, and then I and then I was reading some stuff, and they're like, yeah, you can't you can't do the automaton missions by yourself. Like it's impossible. Can't even do them with squads. And, We've tried. So like they're like. So basically, they're you know. So I should have started by going and playing the bug missions. Yeah, which, dude. You know, which, in hindsight, I kind of want to go back and try that. Because um, the game is cool. Like, I like everything about it. I just haven't been able to have a good experience with it yet. And, of course, like, when you die... Another thing that I kind of wish about this game... And I don't have any experience with it, so I can't really complain too much about it. But they give you... If you don't exfil, you get nothing. And if you're by so, yourself. Yeah. So, like, I was like, so I struggled with this mission, running around like a fucking lunatic, calling in stuff yeah. just to get health yeah. packs. And, you played and then, like, the wrong trying mission, to, man. So, like, I'm, like, getting my ass canned for, like, 20 minutes, and then at the end of it, it's, like, zero XP, zero blah, 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 zero whatever – like I literally got nothing out of doing that, and I was like, "Fuck, is this what the game is like?" Like I no. So, but I didn't read about it, and it seems like I just had a bad experience. I just need to focus my mm. attention elsewhere. Dude, um, I'm so, so I'm gonna, I am going to try that. Yeah. But what I've heard, Fred, is that part of the reason why we were having, and I didn't after like Tuesday, I didn't try at all to play it. I was like, I just need to, I need to get through Immortals of Avium right. before Final Fantasy comes out. Then I can try to play some more Helldivers. But uh, I heard that part of the reason why people were struggling to get on Mm -hmm. is because of the server connection issues, people were logging in and just leaving their consoles on. Yeah, I heard With it connected and not not getting out. And I guess over the last few days, um, uh, Arrowhead patched the game so it will actually boot afk players after they've you know been idle for 20 or 15 minutes or yeah. something like someone that. needs and i guess go ahead i guess since then it hasn't been so bad yeah. getting on yeah but i haven't tried it yeah neither have i they, someone needs to make a meme of hell divers sitting on a school bus and another one trying to sit down and then the one sitting down is being like seats taken <laughs> Yeah, seats taken. (laughs) Just like fuck, let me in, you know. But and it wouldn't surprise me if, like, on PC, there's like freaking bots holding cues and shit like that, like that. Like I, I mean, obviously, I don't know, but and and I heard a lot of this boils down to them using some antiquated 
game engine for this game that's like not supported anymore mm-hmm. and so like the the arrowhead guys have to literally go into the game engine and modify it to help with like the the connection issues because it's not the server capacities that are a problem it's the number of people trying to connect simultaneously is what i understand the crux of the issue is mm. so uh yeah i don't know i i uh i'm i do want to play some more of it but i just i haven't gotten so, into it so what south park game did you was it stick of truth that you beat or fractured Bubble? so we yeah i just we just beat stick of truth <laughs> which is I the thought. first one right. and then i downloaded but have sure. not started yet the fractured i thought you had Bubble. already beaten stick of truth once i did well, okay. a long time ago all right when it was i'm just making sure PS3. i understood what you were saying I yeah, thought I yeah did. I've played both of them. Yeah. I've played both of them. I just I wanted to I saw that it was on PS Plus Extra and I was just like fuck man I I need something because I just got done playing uh, Death Stranding and shit. It's like all this like really depressing shit that I was playing and then mm. I was just like I want to play something that's just fun and so like I decided to jump back into that and. Uh, really enjoyed it. And Very good. Then Sarah started watching it. And she really wanted me to play it, so I was like, "All right, well, I'll play it all the way through, and then we'll play the second one." Because she didn't see either of them, so yeah. Um, well, that's and those fun. games are just, dude, they are out of pocket with some of the fucking humor in those games. It's just wild. But it is I love crazy it. how South Park gets a pass on a lot of the shit they say. You know what I mean? And do it's just fucking yeah. funny. You know? It's it's because it's I think it's because they abuse all sides evenly. Yeah. Like nobody really, you know, has any sort of like bias angle to kind of take it. Doesn't feel like there's any then. kind of fucking it, agenda. They're just laughing at the world. Yeah, it's and it's uh, and I, I I like that there is somebody like that out there. A hundred percent. That everybody just kind of mutually agrees is is just you know. They they hand out the lumps universally, mm. and that's uh, that's a good thing. I think yeah. everybody deserves it a little bit. I agree, I agree. That's fun. All right, well, let's uh, let's talk about some news. There's no listener feedback, so if you want a feedback on it, we had kind of a weird podcast last episode. We just kind of off the top, we're doing stuff, but uh, we're back to the normal format. So thanks for tolerating that. But yeah, it uh, had very minimal views and uh, listens. So we're back. We yeah, we tried something different. It didn't work. Um, let's do uh, some news. Every episode we talk about PlayStation news. And uh, we appreciate you all listening, of course. And if there's anything specific you ever want us to talk about, write in. And we'll definitely broach the topic if we think it would fit well on the show. First news point, Jake, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is finally getting some reviews. The game, like you said, doesn't release until the 29th, later this week. But, uh, yeah, people are saying it's, it's, it's uh, from what I've read, it's taking a natural progression um, from the, the remake, or whatever the hell it was called. And uh, they're also saying that um, it's, it's a little... It's a little uh, uh, how to better phrase it, but it's it is different. And they are also saying, from what the Push Square review said, that there were a lot of uh, pointless side quests, which we know does not float well with me. So I uh, just I mean just don't do them. You just have to do like them unless you have to do them to level up. 
You know, that's the thing. Well, you could just grind combat. I don't know that you necessarily need to do quests to do that. But, yeah, yeah I uh, – obviously, I don't know because I haven't played it. But, yeah, I mean, it's sitting in the low to mid-90s mm-hmm. on Metacritic and Open Critic. Which is so really that's good. pretty freaking good. And uh, I haven't watched any reviews on it. Honestly, I don't want to see anything about it. I just kind of want to jump in because I know I'm going to love it. So – yeah. I am just really – and it comes out on a weird day. It comes out on, like, fucking Thursday. Mm. I think it comes out on the 29th, right, yeah. which is yeah, Thursday. It's such a bizarre day for a game to come out. But um, I'm going to give me a couple extra days to finish up what I'm doing because mm-hmm. my guess is that once I jump into this game, it's all I'm going to probably play for two months Yeah, because they, they, they just take so long to beat. I guess there was uh... – from what I read, there there were like a lot of memes going out because I guess Tifa's in it, and she's, uh, you know, pretty big chested apparently, and uh, tons of memes about it, and it's like, unnote like you can't not notice it, and it's like, why did they do that? It's weird. That's the Japanese. Why thing. did they do what? Make her have huge fucking boobs. Like she's, Dude, it's it's the same model as the first. No, game. they're saying no. They're saying that they've made them bigger. I don't believe that. I mean, why would they do that? Well, that's that why the memes sense. are out there. Like, yeah, she My she looks like she came that... out of Dead or Alive, like the volleyball game, like a hundred percent. Like, look it up. It's weird. I don't think anyone's upset about it. You know what I mean? But it's like that's kind of strange. Go to the Pushcore site. There's a there's an article about it. I had to watch some of those videos. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. They said like like everybody's like feeds were blowing up um about Tifa and her uh anatomy. If that's the right word. I don't know, but they're just like there's weird scenes of her doing like fucking sit-ups and it's just like the physics are real there. You know what I mean? Like and it's just like why would they do that in a, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know. It's strange. I mean, maybe yeah. once I, uh, maybe once I play it, I'll have a little bit more, a little bit more to talk about. But just what what I've seen, just kind of like I just thought it looked like the first game. But um, I mean, maybe maybe I'm, uh, I don't. Maybe I'm not that focused on her chest when I'm playing the game. Yeah, right. Well, know. neither am I. I'm just I'm just going. I'm riffing off the the article on Push Square. You know, I the rumor is is that like people are like, whoa. You know the reason, uh, dude. I, I don't know. It's like a Japanese people, thing, dude, for sure. Is isn't it? Isn't it? Did you almost feel like if they just, if people just like didn't, if like, no one talked talk about, about it, it, it wouldn't be a thing. Like it, yeah, I don't but know. here I go talking about it. I just we're talking about the game, and I, this is this is of all the fucking things. That could probably be said about this game. Like that was, that was like the creator, the content creator focus and the memes that came out of it. It's just like talking about Tifa, and it's like, God damn, we need to grow up just a little bit. But, but it is weird. I mean, I don't know. It's like changing Spider Man's face. Like it's just like I don't know why they did it. They never even really came out to really say they did. They said like something like they wanted it to. I don't know what the reason was. I can't remember. I I thought they wanted. Are you him... sure it's not just because I'm I'm looking at some of this shit on Push Square and it looks like a lot of what they're referring to are like these, these like additional outfits that she's wearing, where she's got like fucking swimsuits and shit on. Is that what they're referring to? I thought they were talking about her breast size. 
I thought they were saying. Well, I mean, it's obviously pronounced in these particular outfits, but right. I don't know. I don't know. We don't have to fucking float on. This. I just I, bit my I, lip I thinking just, about. Uh, no, I just think that it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but this has been like a. I mean, it, it's weird. It's like an aspect of Tifa Tifa's character that's existed since the original game in 1997 or whatever. But Dude, I, it's just art style. It's literally the art style. Of like every, and, I mean, if you think of even like they don't do it as much in Final Fantasy VII, mm. but if you think about like Final Fantasy sixteen, like that whole game, you're just like fucking staring at Clive's rippling chest muscles and all this shit. Mm. So it's like, it's like okay, I mean, there is it, some you know, sexualization it, going on for sure. Yeah, I mean, it it is. Uh, it, it, I I just. <laughs> I'm okay with them memeing the shit out of this. Oh, I just don't don't want it to become like a stain on this game that is like I, I'm just curious. I guess what I'm driving at is I'm just curious how much it actually matters and how much of it is just like, you know, whatever, internet stuff. You I don't think I mean? it matters at all. Dude. Boobies always matter. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> there is a game that my brother i i heard it about uh, i heard about it from him first, and then I got on looking for things to talk about. And this game is called Unicorn Overlord, and I thought it was a really dumb name when he was telling me about this game. I'm like, why the fuck is it called Unicorn Overlord? That's the one that's made by the 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 Valuer, team that whatever. did uh, Va- Dragon's Crown. It, they did that. Remember that game, Dragon's Crown? It came out on yeah, PS3. Yeah, it was like Vita. Golden Axe. It was like, yeah, it was awesome. I think it's a team that did that. I don't think it is. It, I think this is the art style looks the same. Well, anyways, right? He was telling me that like he really thought that this game was going to be a game for me to play. Um, he said there's a demo out, and then I got on. It does look exactly. It was. It's made by Vanillaware. Yeah, same same studio. Okay. I said Dragonware. I meant Vanillaware. Yeah, so they're based out of Osaka, Japan. But um, the game apparently is uh, catching a lot of people's attention, and uh, I haven't played the demo, but I really want to talk about games with fucking big booby characters in it. You remember the freaking one chicken dragon? Oh Holy yeah, moly. like the witchy lady. Yeah, well, in the red? yeah, I, I don't remember which one it was, but there was the the one character you could play as. She was uh, she's uh, bursting at the scene, fucking stacked but, in the uh, lines. Yeah, but this game does look awesome. It looks, it, I I like that it seems like it's a little bit more. Um, it looks a little bit more tactical. Yeah, than, it looks good. Than uh, Dragon's Crown, which was more of an action RPG. So mm-hmm. this is uh, it looks interesting as shit for sure. Yeah, it's, it's def- just got a weird name. Like, well, and I asked him, I, I said, what, what what the hell? And he goes, well, if you think about it, like, you know, medieval days, like maybe the unicorn is like their their house emblem. And I'm like, that kind of makes sense. And I was like, do you think do you think like, the title is like a weird uh, whatever it's called um, translation or something? You know what I mean? Like may- maybe it just uh, is a misinterpretation of like what that is. And he goes, no, nah, I think it probably has something to do with the the house of unicorn or like some sort of. You know, it's probably one of those things like a lot of these Japanese names where like to us in the West, it's a very weird thing to name something. Mm -hmm. And 
like even if it makes context even if it's in context with the story mm-hmm. we in the west would never name something like this if we wanted it to sell right just because of the way that we market games and the way that we take how like what types of uh uh, symbolism and in, in, um, verbiage and stuff that we take as like serious versus silly. Mm-hmm. Like our perception of these things in the West, I think, is very different than what it is in the East. Right? Like they in Japan, they could see a name like Unicorn Overlord and and think like, oh yeah, that's uh, oh that's serious or that's whatever. Whereas like in the West, we're th- we're thinking of like our first image is My Little of, Pony. You know, little girls, yeah, playing with fucking toys. Um, like when they're five years Prince's old, or something. shit. Yeah, right. So like, I, uh, I think that's just really what it boils down to. But the game looks great. Yeah, it does look. Awesome. I don't think the, I don't think the name's offensive. But like the first time I heard this name, I didn't even look into it because I was like, oh, that's probably some fucking weird thing. And that that's my own bias, I guess. And but I, uh, but now that like I'm looking it up because I'd heard that I was like I was like that people say like oh that unicorn overlord game's fucking awesome. I was like. All right, I'll look at it, I guess. And <laughs> yeah, I sure it, it is, buddy. Like, yeah, right. And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, wow, this actually looks fucking dope. Yeah, it does look awesome. All right, anyways, that's out there. If you guys are interested in something like that, it, it looks really cool. Um, moving into another bigger news point, uh, which it, it should come as no surprise to anybody, but uh, w- the Suicide Squad sales have been really lackluster, and Warner Brothers issued a statement indicating that the game has fallen short of their expectations and it will now be leaving the company in a in a position that's going to create a really difficult year for them. So, I mean, I I didn't get this game. The reviews actually weren't weren't I don't know what they were. I don't remember them being really harsh, but the game just isn't what people wanted. Um, you know, I remember when the very first trailer came out that was kind of like I forget. Uh, it was like a uh, cinematic kind of thing for this, and they were kind of getting into like, "Oh, we're working on this fucking game." Like the the interest was peaked. Everyone was fucking jazzed about it, but then the first gameplay thing came out, and everyone was like, "Ah, this looks a little weird." But I don't I think, know. Uh, the reviews were kind of. I don't want to say mid because they weren't that bad, but they were like kind of like sevens. Yeah, around seven the seven and a half, like. Yeah, nothing that's going to light the world on fire. And I think that the only thing that was going to save this game was, like, the casual player that just likes superhero shit. And it sounds like maybe that's not working. Because the hardcore, the people that loved Arkham, they're not going to probably buy this. Right. Or or, or, if they wanted a game like that. Yeah, it's just not – it's just not – the same kind of stuff, you know what I mean? It's it's just different, man. Um, it's a bummer. I wish, uh, I kind of wish it had succeeded. Not because I wanted, I wanted another game like this, a live service game like this. I would have rather like a single player, sort of more linear kind of experience. But dude, they were been working on this game for fucking eight or nine years. Well, that's this, where the money could, went. So yeah, I mean, this could close that studio. Which Rocksteady is one of the, I don't know why it's one of the most, it's one of the most uh, beloved studios in the industry because they really are hanging their hat on like one game essentially that they just expanded into, you know, larger and larger game. But um, I don't know. This is, uh, this is definitely, 
um, interesting, but not necessarily surprising. Right. Yeah. Well, worthy to talk about briefly on the show. So um, there's the uh, very predictable outcome from that game, unfortunately. Moving forward, Jake, we had also talked about this documentary that Hideo Kojima was going to be in or was going to be about him or whatever. It's called Connecting Worlds, and it features yeah. him. And it's actually now available, and you can stream it on Disney+. Plus. Now, I would love to watch this. I don't think we have a Disney Plus subscription at this time, unfortunately. So I wonder what people have to say about it. I haven't really seen um, opinions on it. I'm going to look it up right now. Connecting Worlds Disney Plus Review. Um, user reviews. It says on IMDb, a 7 out of 10. A journey into the creative mind of the most iconic video game designer in the world. The visually captivating documentary gives a rare insight into Hideo Kojima's creative process as he launches his own independent studio. This must have been filmed like when he started Kojima Productions and now just coming out. It says it just references the original Death Stranding, it looks like. Um, so here's a review. I think you can, it looks like, it looks like, uh, I'm on Hulu and it looks like I can watch it. Wow. This person gave it a 10 out of 10 on IMDb and this was like a rated critic. That's interesting. Um, no, that's a, yeah, I don't know. I saw this last night, Sarah and I were, uh, looking for something to watch and I just stumbled across this on hulu mm-hmm. and i was like oh that seems kind of cool i mean we ended up watching i wasn't gonna make sarah sit through that so we ended up watching like some fucking national geographic shit but it uh i, I definitely something that i want to check out just to kind of see you know what it's all about i'm sure that like nothing is gonna be said in here that's bad about hideo kojima because i'm sure he's probably like a fucking producer on it or some shit mm-hmm. but um well, the other Even thing is still too, like yeah. just getting some of the story would be cool, you know. Yeah, dude. The, the the other thing about it that's interesting is that, um, like, I feel like it's gonna take stuff like this to make the video game industry be seen differently from the average person. You know what I mean? Like, to realize how much goes into it and how much work it is, and the thought and like the process and the art. And then the direction and the creativity. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think there's still a stigma with a lot of people that video games are like for losers and for nerds only, and for people who are recluse and people who, uh, you know, um, I guess uh, are are not. You know, usually I, I feel like if there's a if there's a Venn diagram with the different circles. You'd have like, where would video games intersect? And I think that they, from the perspective of like a non-gamer or from a a cell phone gamer, would be like, I don't think video gamers would cross in that diagram with people who are interested in sports. I don't think video games would cross in that diagram from the perspective of of gamers. Like people like you, Jake, like into like, fucking going on motorcycle tracks and racing around in real life like i don't think that the stigma has been broken yet for video games and i think things like this can help 
foster like a better understanding of like why they're so fucking interesting and good. You know what I mean? Even like all the Sony Pictures stuff. Like I know the Gran Turismo movies now available to watch on streaming platforms, and I meant to watch it, and I haven't watched it yet. But like Sony pushing the Last of Us TV show, doing the uh the the road one whatever thing um i can't remember what that game's called uh with sweet tooth what the fuck is that game called twisted metal yeah twisted metal shit doing doing the uncharted movie doing the uh the other one i can't remember what it was but yeah just all the all the things that sony has been pushing and then like showing like bridging that gap between different different levels of entertainment and i i just i still 100 percent believe that there is a there's a stigma dude like when i'm at work and uh someone was someone was like you have a podcast don't you i'm like yeah and they're like what's it about and i'm like man we talk about video games like i just instantly feel like they're like ah fucking dweeb fucking loser like you know what i mean like these are other adults obviously but like people who aren't into it i think they just have a general perception it's like oh that's cool this guy likes games you know i don't know i think i think some of that is our own insecurities that we've carried from <laughs> from when shit was like being younger yeah you know and it was less I do think that it's becoming more mainstream. 100%. And it's, I love especially, it. Especially especially as kids you know, the the first generation that grew up with video games is basically us and we're essentially trailblazers, dude. Essentially adults now. And I think the stigma lies basically in the 50 plus community. I don't know that there's a lot of you know 30 year olds that are judging people for playing video games yeah it's pro it's mostly like people from the generation i guess technically you're probably what you're probably late gen x and i'm early millennial so you know but our age group was kind of like the first sort of like you're like late gen xers were the first to really get into video games and i mean i had a super nintendo when i was Dude. four years old i told five the, years old yeah so. i told the pitfall story on the show a long time ago do you remember my pitfall story on atari uh i can make it quick i don't remember but you're right yeah so the instruction manual for pitfall for atari said see if you can beat this high score and it was like take a picture of your high score and if it's higher than this and you send it in we will send you something like a prize that's the fucking level of video game shit. So, like, we did. We beat it. We got really good at this fucking game, but we were renting it from the movie stop. Atari games. Like, somehow we were renting Atari games. I don't I don't remember how this happened. Maybe we had it. No, I think we owned Pitfall. Sorry. We owned Pitfall. We finally beat the score. We take a picture. It then has to be developed. And when it comes back, like, a month and a half later, because the camera roll hadn't been used up, we send it in, and we got this really nice letter saying, oh, you know, good job on beating the high score. Unfortunately, all the prizes are gone now. And it's just like, fuck. But, like, that was, like, that was the level of, like, at-home video gaming that we were doing. Like, no fucking internet, no anything. And, like, yeah, dude, to be along for the ride this whole time has been really fun. And you're right. We are kind of trailblazers. And I think that, like, 
think, yeah, I think that there's a certain point in people's lives, there was a point where, like, kids who grew up with video games either jumped off the bandwagon and were like, that's for kids. Kind of like action figure shit and, like, uh, stuff. They're just like, eh, nope, I'm going to become an adult now. And then that created the divide. I think if all of us had just stayed interested, we, we wouldn't be as big of a fucking deal. But um i don't know but there definitely there definitely was always like a thing like this is for kids this is this is a way for kids to like fuck off you know what i mean um but that's not the case now like there's there's a lot of stuff that actually isn't meant for kids in the video game world so weird heck yeah like starting really with speaking to hideo kojima starting really with like metal gear solid right I mean, that was, like, the first game that was... I don't want to say it's the first game, but it was, like, one of the first games that was really, like, a cinematic, mature experience. Yeah. And uh, now that's, like... That's a big part of the industry. Yeah, it really so, is, man. I don't know, man. I I have to imagine probably over the next 20 years, people aren't even going to think about it. They're going to have video games in fucking nursing homes and, like, all kinds of mm. shit and... And you know, I I just I hope so. I really think that I really think that we're we're headed to like a, a singularity with video games almost, where it's just like they're just another thing, like watching TV. Because that's the one thing that I never really understood about the whole like uh, critique of video games. Because it's like the same people that criticize somebody for playing two hours of video games every day are the same people that sit there and watch fucking television for two or three hours a day. Yeah, just binge fucking Netflix. Yeah, right. And it's like, at least what I'm doing, there's some sort of like, uh, like, uh, uh, tactile component to it where it's like, you've got to use your brain and your hand eye coordination and everything. Like, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, if you want to turn around and say like, well, I, I watch three hours of TV a day, but all I watch is fucking, you know, super educational documentaries Jeopardy and I'm and expanding my channel. brain the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, maybe you're utilizing your time better than I am because you're, you know, you're doing that. But most people are watching freaking Stranger Things and, uh, you know, whatever procedural cop show is on TV or fucking forensic files and shit. They're yeah. not watching, you know these crazy you know how to videos right (laughs) well and that's the thing about video games too and dude we can go on to the next topic in a second but like even like down to not that you know we need to be educated on weaponry and shit but like even landscapes and like locations like you can learn a lot like those assassin's creed games you know what i mean are interesting because they they take place in different places across the world and you can learn a lot of shit from them and like the old world world war ii games you know you can learn the names and and the weaponry that was used back then. So if you're kind of a history guy, like to be able to like look at all that shit is kind of fun. I don't know. They can be educational in such an amazing way. And it, and it's done in such an ancillary way that you don't even realize you're learning. And I think that's the beauty of them. Um, you know, Oregon trail as kids, dude, like, yeah, I mean, we learned, but we fucking loved that game. It taught us how fucking hard it was. Or, you know, to fucking settle and, and travel in the, you know, the un unpopulated uh, America. Dude, imagine if you were a history teacher. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if part of your uh, part of your agenda for the year, what do they call that? Um, curriculum. Your curriculum was that, like, the kids 
uh, um, what was that game we were just talking about? Immortals of Avium? No. Assassin's no. Creed? Uh, no. So what if, like, part of your curriculum was that you had all of the kids play Valiant Hearts when you're covering oh, World War One? be so good. And it's like... It's like the game is, yeah, it's a game, but and it is a game at heart, but the game is filled with fucking educational shit, dude. You know, like, re- like real letters from World War One and all this shit. Or think about, like, if we were to stick with the World War One angle, it's like, think about uh, Battlefield One. Yeah. Like, that, that might be a little bit harder for, like, casuals to play because it's a first person shooter and the controls mm-hmm. are difficult for someone who's not used to that. But. All of the – I don't know if you remember, but all of – if I remember correctly, all the episodes from that game mm-hmm. are based on real things that happen. Correct, yeah. Real battles. And so stuff. like real stories from World War One. Mm-hmm. So I think that there are ways that video games can be u- utilized in a fashion that they are educational. And – um, I get it that not everyone wants to experience their history that way, and you know it's obviously it's not going to be for everyone. But, um, dude, I mean, even back when we were kids playing fucking Number Cruncher on like the Apple II, and like, uh, dude, Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Yeah, like Mavis Beacon, <laughs> the the fucking typing programs that would like, like type Carmen San Diego. Yeah, like, like Type all, Shark, all, like all those games. Like there was like this game like Type Shark, like all these different. Uh, You'd be a shark, and uh, there'd be all these little mini fish, and they would have different different parts of the keyboard on them, like the capital P, lowercase L, bracket. And, like, they'd come flying at you, and if you hit the right keys, the shark would go eat it. And, like, the goal was was to not starve. So you're sitting there, and you're fucking, like, as a kid, just, like, trying to beat the fucking game and rack up points, but they're secretly teaching you how to type and how to know the keyboard. And it's like that kind of learning is like, it resonates more with some people. And, uh, I mean, think about, think about like a physics, physics class and you play a game like Kerbal space program. Yeah, dude. We are like learning how to like, how like rockets work and thrust and propulsion and all that shit. I mean, I don't know. I, there are just so many ways you could do this on like a side note. My brother sent me a, a picture the other day, a couple days ago, of uh, my nephew, Nolan, he's four. He uh, has been playing this game for a while that's like this. It's based on this dinosaur like TV show for kids. Mm-hmm. There's a PlayStation game that, that's based on it. And uh, they got the platinum in that game. That's so awesome. uh, he sent my brother sent me a, a picture that was just like Nolan's first platinum. And it was just a picture of him with a screenshot of the hey. the platinum, which is which is fucking cool. I mean, I just think that, like, when kids like him grow up to be our age, I think it's just going to be ubiquitous. Yeah. I mean, unless something, unless, like, literally freaking, uh, you know, China conquers the world and doesn't let anybody play video games anymore or something like that. Like, I think that in the next 20 years, we're just going to see that, you know, it's just going to be everyday life. No one's going to think about it. Right. No, you're, which you're, is good. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, sorry, I'm muting this. Uh, my phone was making noise. Um, 
Yeah, dude, I, I think it's interesting. But let's get to the next news topic, man. Uh, we talked briefly about this before uh, the news section here, Jake, but I just want to recap so that listeners fully understand. Um, so the Hell Divers thing, uh, based on the, the title of the show, I think it was like Hell's getting a glow up. Um, news on the Super Earth front is that Arrowhead Studios have recently uh, been actively patching this game and now they are kicking inactive players but what we didn't talk about before is that they also still increased the server cap to 700,000 so it really should not be an issue moving forward getting into these and I see right now on discord that uh well he's not on now but when we started the show um LJ was in the middle of hell divers so he's able to get on he's playing on ps5 so if you want to get back in I don't think you're gonna have any problems and I also saw something interesting about um like a single player like a store like not single player but a story thing let me see if i have an email about it from playstation um first of all i got i got a really interesting email from playstation so playstation knows what games you're playing right um so i got this email and it says we salute you a well-deserved promotion in hell divers 2 and it's almost like they gave me a new helmet. It said, you you now go by Grand Lord Anchorless underscore 81. You are elite amongst the elite, a hammer of justice, blitzer of bugs and bots. But this is only the beginning, Commander. You have a long and alien-busting career ahead. And it says, community challenge, new rank, new fun. It says, uh, strap in for a long ride in hell. This war is just getting started. Here's the latest intel on what's going down in the galaxy. Dive into the latest story arc. Celebration's over. Your rank is called to action on the battlefield. And it says, go for the epitome of Super Earth Trophy. You have 18 trophies left. And then it's talking about, like, it's really weird. Like, I kind of get the idea that they're implementing some kind of story arc into this game. Um I would love, and, and people are start, starting to notice, like, in your ship, uh, people would post on Reddit recently, like, oh, I just noticed this in my in my ship. There's, like, now a cargo bay for vehicles, but, like, you can't unlock them, but the bay's now just showing up. And, like, there's, like, something else just showing up in your ship. So, like, Arrowhead are fucking cooking up more shit to, to put out on this thing, which is awesome. Like, these things with these patches are secretly, float, like, feathering in things of things to come so that's exciting so just just a quick shout out to hell divers 2 again this this game is just it's fucking right playstation because they did the right thing here and uh this is this this is like a paid game but i i believe in the long run it it will make a lot of money um for sure yeah, I mean, it's really popular. I have to imagine that it's probably already profitable. I mean, people are loving it. So, yeah. Dude, they're going to have them. to come up with new enemies. Like, you know, there's just going to be like, oh, shit, there's a new invasion now. And it's going to be some other fucking kind of bug or flying bugs or something crazy. It's the fucking Wiggles. The Wiggles. Or dude. it's, uh, you know, Barney. Pokemon. Fucking Barney. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get on to the next news point. We're an hour into the show now, so uh, we won't take up too much more of your time. Um, new PSVR 2 games were announced at the one-year anniversary of the hardware. These games are The Wizards, Dark Times Brotherhood, which is out now, 
shadow dropped kind of wanderer the fragments of fate june 27th which is like a world war ii game but in a way that you're a time traveler and you can like somehow zap into the future to get advanced weaponry and then go back to world war ii and use it which is kind of fucking interesting wait what's it called wanderer the fragments of fate and it's about and it's about like changing the trailer's kind of it looks all right, but like the voiceover sucks on the trailer. But the idea looks cool. I it comes out June twenty seventh, so I don't know if it's out on Steam for other VR or not. But this was announced recently for PSVR two. Um, Little cities bigger, March twelfth, which looks like a like a SimCity thing, but like s- smaller than SimCity, like a little more concise. Uh, Zombie Army VR is coming out twenty twenty four. Arizona Sunshine 2, we're getting DLC called the the Season of Chaos, which is out now. And then we're also getting Soul Covenant in 2024. So, nice little uh, six-game announcement that Sony made at the uh, advent of the the one-year anniversary of the PSVR 2 hardware. Jake, anything on this? Um, Well, it looks like a lot of these games are either already or going to be released on Steam. Which is cool. There's a lot of crossover going on. It, it seems like they're not really focusing, at least anymore, on PSVR 2 exclusives, mm-hmm. which is probably no one's going to buy, I'm guessing, a PSVR 2 for any one specific game. So this is probably the best way for them to go about it. But some of these games look pretty cool. Like that Wizards game looks pretty neat. Yeah. The Wanderer game looks really neat. Um I haven't really looked too much into the other ones, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see this, this, I don't know if you want to call it console or this device or whatever, have a little bit more success in the industry for sure. Yeah, very good, very good. Um, in other PSVR 2 news, this is kind of really kind of interesting to me. Um, while I don't think I'll be able to benefit from it directly, they are testing VR2 compatibility for PC. Sony has announced this. Um, and I think that they're hoping within the year they're going to make make it some way to make it compatible with PC. So that would mean probably Steam VR games, which means Half-Life Alex, we might get a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> thankfully... If this works and they come out with this, I'm pretty sure my PC is beefy enough that I could run my VR on it to play Half-Life Alex, and that will be the first fucking thing I do <laughs> if it if it becomes available. Um, and to be honest with you, like this is the only way that this platform is going to survive. Right. It's a great headset. It's only five hundred and fifty dollars, which I know sounds like a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, if you look at like the top of the line MetaQuest, the top of the line Vive, like they're more expensive or around the same price. Mm-hmm. And they're not as good as the PlayStation headset. So um, I think that it's is it is it ever gonna break the 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 mold like the MetaQuest does? No, because literally anyone can play that without a PC, without a PlayStation, without anything. But this headset is better and um, there are lots of people that would probably buy one if they had a gaming PC. So right, 
because it's cheaper and it's better than maybe some of the other options on PC. So I'm excited to see this work. And if it does, if it does come through and it does become compatible, you better believe I'm going to check it out. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, dude. And I think that just making it integrate with PC uh, wouldn't be enough to work with Half-Life Alex. I'm sure they would have to implement some sort of patch to that game also to make it run with that headset. Now, I'm not sure, but, I mean, at that point, I mean, the incentive is there for sure. Maybe maybe this is half the driving factor, you know? But build- Yeah, I would imagine. I, I would imagine that, that Valve would... If they're not going to do the heavy lift of putting it on freaking PlayStation, at least they might do the lift of patching the game to work with VR2 on PC if it even needs patched. Maybe it'll just work natively. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. All right, well, let's move in a little bit further, Jake. You and I had previously discussed um, that big rumor, the tall rumor about games coming to Xbox. Now, we I don't think we actually had ever come out and confirmed the four games that now this is this is confirmed. The four Xbox games that are coming to PS5, PS4 are Grounded, Pentiment, Hi-Fi Rush, and Sea of Thieves. All probably pretty decent games. So I don't think we actually named the games yet on the show. So those were the ones. Yeah, I uh, I think we did talk about that last week, but. Or two weeks ago, I don't, I don't know. I knew but, we, um, we we talked that it was going to happen, but we didn't know. I think I think the rumors were maybe indie, the Indiana Jones, and like fucking whatever uh, the space game that came out that didn't do very well from Bethesda. Um, I'm pretty sure Starfield. Starfield. I'm I'm pretty sure that I did mention last week that I thought these were the four games that were rumored. You might have, yeah, you probably so, did. Well, now it's confirmed, I guess. So we don't need to talk about it anymore. Yeah, and I, I did see that Pentiment is out now on PlayStation. Oh wow. And it's for like twenty bucks, I think. If you're into like a cool time period murder mystery kind of game, adventure style game, uh pick it up because it's really neat, if I'm being completely honest. I did play like the first act of that game. I never did finish it because I was playing it on my phone, but yeah. I uh I did play it and it is kinda neat. But when Hi Fi Rush comes out if it's not out already, definitely play that one. Very good. Cool, man. Um, moving forward, we we brought up this game last episode, and you were like, I'm just going to forget that this was even a thing until I hear something else about it. Coincidentally enough, uh, Little Devil Inside now has an update on Kickstarter and a brand new trailer that's really long. And damn, um, you know, the studio Neostream reports that they actually beefed up their studio to get this game made, and now they've slimmed it back down, and they're searching for a publisher, and they say once that's locked in, they can give us more info, and that's all they said. But I am presuming that what they are hinting at is when they lock in a publisher, they'll be able to give us a release date or an anticipated window, and they're not going to do that. And they did apologize that it's been a long time since they've offered anything on the game. But, um, you know, it sounds like their studio went through kind of a weird time where they beefed up and then they had to make some cuts. Or maybe they contracted people, right, for this, from the studios, my guess. And uh, under the premise that, hey, when you guys achieve such and such goal with this game, we're going to let you go. And But they said, like, all the original people who had come up with this game, who had been working on it from day one, are still at the studio. So it sounds like they just contracted some work out the way it's worded. But that's cool. Looks good. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm kind of worried that this game, this game has been in development. I get, I think this game was kickstarted in like 2015 or something. Oh, before it was shown at the PlayStation thing, yeah, the showcase or whatever. Yeah, so it's been in development for a long time, and they're looking for a publisher. Like my guess is that Sony backed out on this because they were they were marketing the shit out of it and all this stuff when it first came out, and so I don't know if Sony was involved from a publishing role or not, but it looks like. They're trying to find somebody else to help them pay for it or get it out there. Um, I hope that it's good because it looks cool, and uh, we'll just have to see. My guess is that it's probably going to still be a while before this game comes out. I just hope that it's it's good when it does come out. Yeah. I'll say this, that it, it looks pretty, and they're using Unreal Engine 5, apparently. And uh, the thing that's interesting about it is that the combat, it looks kind of uh, – it looks a little jank. It looks it looks like little big planet combat or something. Like it looks it looks like it's uh weird gravity or something. Like it doesn't look like it. And of course, this isn't the finished game, but it's it is a trailer for kick people who've kickstarted it to see what the studio's been working on um where they're at with it. So some of the combat looks a little it doesn't feel like it has a lot of weight to it. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know. To me, at least, like I feel like I've played a game that looks how this handles in in combat, and I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, it's got a weird isometric viewpoint too, which obviously makes things kind of more difficult. But it looks like graphically, it looks fucking cool. Yeah, it's so original. So I'm uh, really interested to see see how this game plays out for yeah, sure. Very good, man. All right, and then lastly, last news point before we talk about the new games coming out this week is uh pacific drive the driving game the driving survival game that we were both really interested in is out and it's getting good reviews push square gave it an eight out of ten um i you know it sounds like uh the only major faults are like the ui is a little clunky um but the gameplay itself like the it's all pretty solid and uh the the progression feels natural and good and like all the upgrades are pertinent like there's not a lot of fluff as far as like you know specking out your car for things like it it everything has is cool and useful so it sounds good man i don't know yeah it's got a um looks like it's got a 78 on open critic right now which doesn't mean it's a bad game it's probably still really good it kind of has that it has that sort of double a vibe to it so i guess i could kind of see that um and i this is one of those games that looks it doesn't look like a game for me but it does look cool like it's a game that i want to see succeed because we need to have more games like this out there yeah but uh yeah i i probably i'm not gonna play this unless something really compels me to just Mm -hmm. because it doesn't look like a game for me right but it does look cool from like an outside perspective i'm just like an appreciator of games i'm really interested in this game still i i don't know if i would like it or not i'm not a car guy but i just i don't know i like the idea of it but i don't i don't know this is bound to come to essentials or something at some point my guess Uh, the way sony's been advertising it a lot um, let's get into new games. So every episode we talk about new games coming out and, uh, this episode is no different. So starting off February 27th, age of wonders Four: primal fury on PS five beat the beats VR PSVR two 
and Bio Inc. Redemption PS5, PS4. Also, February 28th, Arcade Archives Face Off PS4. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons Remake PS5. Wow, that came quick. Um, Pekka Minosa, A Deadly Hand on PS5, PS4. Star Wars Dark Forces Remaster PS5, yeah. PS4. Tokyo okay. Revengers Last Mission PS5, PS4. February 29th, Anglerfish, PS5, PS4. Bar Stella Abyss, PS5, PS4. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, PS5. Welcome to Paradise, PSVR 2. March 1st, Mediterranean Inferno, PS5. And lastly, Euphoria, spelled incorrectly, U-F-O-U-R-I-A, The Saga 2, PS5. There's a couple standouts. Nice. Uh, not a bad week. Um, I'm curious about this Beat the Beats VR. Uh, any kind of rhythm game in VR would be fun. I don't know what it is, though. The uh, Brothers game, I played the original. I really enjoyed it. I'm not sure that it needed a remake, but fuck, you know. Um, well, hopefully that does well. I mean, it's going up against pretty much Final Fantasy Rebirth and this Star Wars game, the Dark Forces Remaster. Wasn't there a game already called Tokyo something? Uh, I don't know. Not Tokyo Drift. Uh, PlayStation. Well, there's game. there's Tokyo RP. There, well, there's there's Tokyo Jungle. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. Thank you, Tokyo Jun- Jungle. This is called Tokyo Revengers. Revenger is a cool Weird. name. I like it. I don't know. That actually be a huh. really good band name, Revenger. Yeah, that would be neat. All right. Well, that's all I got, Jake. Do you have anything to say about these games, or do you want to get to the closing? I was a huge fan of when I was a kid. I loved Dark Forces. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. whether or not I'll get to this right away, I would like to check out the Dark Forces remaster because that game is just – it's built on, like, the the Doom engine. And you could tell very obviously whenever you, like, look at uh, the gameplay of it. But um, it is – it is a very cool game, old school first person shooter in the Dark Forces, or sorry, the Star Wars universe. Um, so, I'm into that. Obviously, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is cool, and uh, what else on here? Nothing really. Like you, I played Brothers, and uh, it didn't really sit with me. I mean, I I thought it was fine. I thought it was a decent game, mm-hmm. but I didn't like how you had to like re- control both brothers at the same time and. Um, it was creative. It was a little. Fr- it was creative, but it was a little frustrating in that regard. So, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, very good. Um, that's it. That's all we got for the show today, ladies and germs. Um, I don't have anything else to add except I hope everybody has an awesome week. Uh oh, Jake, you didn't respond, so I'm not sure how you feel about it. We'll talk about it after the show, real quick. Uh, just about the the eclipse is coming up, so make sure you guys don't miss that April. There's an eclipse coming in April in our neck of the woods, where it's 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 I don't know. People are getting out of work early for it, like employers letting people take the day off. It's kind of a big fucking thing. So, um, needless to say, I will be performing at an eclipse party. I don't know if the flood's going to be able to yet or not. We're still trying to work out the details, but. Uh, yeah, make sure you mark your calendars. It's a Monday. And uh, just because it's in the forefront of my mind, I forgot that this was happening. I want to say it's March. No, it's April. Sorry, April 8th. So that's happening. I think it's once every 
this one specifically, we—it's not every two hundred years. Yeah, so it's it is a once. It's in, literally a once in a lifetime opportunity for us. It will never happen again. Yeah. So when make we're sure, alive, make sure you well speak for yourself. I mean, I don't plan on dying, so. Um, I mean, unless like some technology comes out that lets us live forever or some shit, but like, I mean, the last time it happened was in fucking like nineteen hundred or eighteen hundred or whatever. I'm so excited to see what this is like. We've had partial eclipses, right, where it gets dark out. Yeah, but this is a total. Yeah, the last time that happened even was like, uh, was like I think ten years ago. Yeah. So it's been a long time since we've had anything like this, and this is a fucking total eclipse, which is dope as shit. <laughs> and we're all gonna get blinded by the fucking corona. People aren't gonna be using the right eyeglasses and shit. But uh. Uh, I you can look this up online. I know you can order some of those gla- those like glasses or whatever, and mm-hmm. I'll probably order some just for fun. But uh, you can, I believe, if you look up the right version, you can actually use a um, like a welder's mask too. Oh yeah, to look at it to stare because you so, people want to be looking at the sun specifically. But this is yeah, this is the one where it's gonna be total blackness, where like it's getting blacked out completely, which yeah. would be cool because I hope like the street lights don't come on like can you imagine how awesome that's gonna be it might last for like a minute or something it's like i think i think uh if you're right in the middle it's like four or seven minutes or something like that um but yeah it's uh pretty awesome i think where we're at it's like three and a half minutes. yeah dude we're like in a good spot this year or this time this time around it's going to be cool. I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, it'll be fucking dope. Uh, it'll be really good. All right. Well, that being said, mark your calendars. May 8th. April 8th. Sorry. And uh, we're going to get out, get out of your way. Thanks for tuning into the episode. This has been episode 317 of PS's Awesome PlayStation Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday, just like we were last Wednesday and the Wednesdays before that. And uh, if you want the show early, just subscribe on our Patreon. You know where to find it. If not, rewind the show. Listen to all the info I gave at the beginning. We'll catch you next week. Thank you guys. Like zombies, Zenjin, and Zoro the Chronicles. P.S. Yes. This is awesome. This is awesome.